Monday Night Lights, Night Lights is back. Kind of, sort of. I don't know. Troy's video seems to be out, uh, but we're giving it a oh, shot. None of the videos are moving on the stream, so. Oh, no. Uh, uh, you guys are missing the best part of Troy's fucking bobblehead collection. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, as always, give us a call on the Whoop line, 714-75-WHOOP. Email the show, podcast at mnlhl.com. Follow, subscribe, all of that fun stuff. Uh, as you could probably hear, uh, Mr. Troy Otto is in the house. What's up, guys? Uh, we also have Dylan Lesnar. What's up, boys? Oh, geez. And Chad Polinski joining us from Ann Arbor. Yeah, you got to fix that video feed because that's a very unflattering picture of me on the uh, stream there. <laughs> the camera adds 20 pounds. It does. It wasn't even, it's not even, it just looks, and it's, I swear to God, I'm not, but it looks like I'm picking my nose. I ain't, I'm not gold digging, all right? So, wait, we got, there's no video, but there's just still shots of us looking fat. We got, here she's yep. moving. We, we got, got still Dylan shots of Chad, me. and we got still yeah. shots of Dylan. Nothing Troy yeah. has disappeared from the world. <laughs> And there we go. No oh, my flat brim and everything. Yeah, yeah. You guys, you guys definitely missed the best part of that intro. Not only were we not supposed to talk during the intro, and we did, we were laughing, but oh man, the, the uh, collection. bobblehead man, we got Tuzi up in here. Tuzi is joining us, special guest, Todd or Tuzi. Yeah, so anyways, uh, for this, we might just have pictures of two people, mostly audio going on, but, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures, so who knows We're what's going, going on pictures. right now. Change the picture. Uh, I'm sorry, Chad. Uh, you oh get my. what you get. Uh, who knows? Who knew Chad was so vain? Yeah. So vain. Oh, I'm so vain. Oh, we've always heard Chad. Oh, I feel like I'm... about me, all right? You know, I feel like I'm a little <laughs> fat right now. I feel this. I feel that. Ch- Chad will be okay. Piercy, before we get going, since I'll let you, you know, get things going, but since we don't have video, I just wanted the viewers at home to know. We got Piercy at his house, very professional in the studio. Troy had to move to his son's room to get some <laughs> privacy in the house. So I got all the toys. I got the bobbleheads. I got Red Wings. Then you got Chad, just picture Michigan dorm room, dorky gamer, you know, dorky. type situation. Oh, you know, man. Lovable, a lovable guy, but you know, <laughs> gamer. And then you got Dylan in his bed in the sex dungeon, crawling out, got the arms up. That's where he brings home that them thick girls that he brags about. 
so now we all have the mood. Oh, that's to say, who who knows if Dylan really brings home the ladies or not? I don't. I don't know. Oh, I definitely know. That's for that's a that's a ten four good buddy. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh. So, anyways, um, as we kind of know, uh, the finals was supposed to start on March sixteenth. Unfortunately. Uh, we're living in a COVID uh, coronavirus uh, world right now, and those got postponed. It did seem like at one point we were going to try to get game one in, got canceled, I think, that day. Uh, Troy is being in the ivory tower. Can you give us a little bit of background on how that decision was made to hold up on things? Yeah, uh, well, it's been two weeks, so it's kind of hard to remember. But, you know, I guess leading into the Friday before, Hazel Park was still open. Hazel Park was open all weekend. And we were still, as a nation, still kind of, you know, still understanding things. So I think a lot of people were still kind of socializing. Spring break was rocking down in Florida. So we kind of had made the decision that if Hazel Park was open, we were going to stay open or we were going to play. This was as kind of like as Friday. But then, like, everything changed on a daily basis. And then by the time we got to Monday, you know, kind of everything was kind of shutting down. And then we had some guys, you know, more worried and some people had unique circumstances where their own personal health or health of their family members. So we kind of made the decision to, you know, shut it down, let's say Monday at like 9 a.m. And then I think Monday at uh, 10 a.m., Governor Whitner, Whitmer came in and that's when they shut down anything. So even if, you know, the decision was made for us, but I think we did come to the right decision ourselves so it's kind of nice that, that we did that um at the time we we were very hesitant um we didn't think even if it was going to be open for game one we thought there's a good chance that it wasn't going to be open for game two or three so the last thing we wanted to do was to play one game have the north stars win eight nothing and then got to wait three three months for game two you know so we didn't want that to happen so all in all i think we made the right decision wow wow <laughs> what's wrong chad they eight one did he say eight one? Wow, that's a that's a that's a tall uh, tall assumption there. I like it though. You you know those auto boys? They always have a little bit of uh, their ego's a little inflated. They think they're a little bit better than they probably are. You know, let let Troy have that moment. He needs it right now after last year them losing in the finals overtime game three, you know, he needs to dream a little bit that still, he has a chance for the cup still. Look at that. He's got an L too. I do. These props are off the chain. I mean, I know, man. video dude. Yeah. Fix the little, video. Little autobiography. Where is this? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. The, the viewers at home are missing out. Truly, truly missing out. Sneak peek, what you get with the uh, the old goose and sniper podcast. We'll be starting off for soon, boys. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Dylan, did you move your microphone away again? Good, better. Yes, stop that. I've told you three times already, but uh, yeah, I think it was a good idea to move that. Um, we do plan on playing the finals, it sounds like, no matter what, though, before we start a new season. Is that correct? Yeah, so I mean, obviously, nobody knows for sure. Um, realistically, I I think the earliest that we could possibly play would be May, you know, and then we'll, whenever we start, we'll finish up the keg finals and then we'll roll into that spring or summer season. The current spring season was kind of scheduled to start in April and end in June. So 
we do have some ability to bump that back, you know, so if we start in May, then we can just easily go into July and still get the same amount of games that we were planning for. The tricky part, you know, similar to Major League Baseball and the NHL, the premier athletes that we are, you know, if we are off like 45 to 60 days, uh, I kind of think that we're, I don't think it would be right to just play game one, like first time we've played in two months. We might even need to have kind of like a warm up week, you know, just to kind of get our legs under us or something. That, that's something that we might need to be discussed depending on how long the layoff is. Now, Chad, how many, how long do you think it would take you if you haven't skated in a while to be ready for a game like that? Would you want a week? Do you think you could just go right at it? How would you approach that? I mean, I think you could go right at it. Like, that's not an issue. But I do think that, you know, it'd be nice if you want, like, the best quality. Because you can't, you can't like, mimic the pressure cooker that the playoffs are, right? Everyone's strung out at the end. Everyone's tired uh, and trying to get to the end of the line when you're playing, like, meaningful hockey, quote-unquote meaningful. As, we're, as, we're, as Troy said, we're not exactly professional athletes or anything. But you still get the same feelings that. So you'd like to mimic that. You'd like both teams are their best. I think giving it at least you know week would be nice uh if you had two weeks that's probably too much so if i had to choose between one week or two or just at least one uh but but one week get everyone back together and then uh just let them run and and dylan as being one of the people involved in this game do you feel like you would want a week of a warm-up do you feel like you would be ready to go how do you how do you approach this I feel like I'm ready to go. I, I've been hitting uh, the health and wellness pretty hard. I'm ready to go. I've, I've had my son on the rollerblades shooting at me every day. So <laughs> I'm geeked up and ready. But um, yeah, I would like to just jump right into it. I think it favors the Seals. I think we could steal that game one. There we go. See, that's the competitive edge set that we're looking for here. Yeah, so I, I would like to jump right into it. And again, a lot of it will depend on when rinks open. Like, if rinks open on a Wednesday, I mean, everyone, we got K Phelps, WBW, and everyone's got a skate under their belt, then I guess we could kind of get right into it. But if literally like the first skate that anyone has is that Monday, and, and I'm not joking with this, it's like, you can do all the running you want, you can do all everything, but it's not the same as being in like the, the hockey movement. And, and then to be in like that intense game when everyone's going like 120%, I could just, I see like the the injury likelihood to go from zero to playoff intensity for your very first skate, um, I, I think is a concern. That's number one. And then just for the quality of the game, it's like, again, you can do all the running and jogging, you know, that you want, but you can't, you can't simulate the hands, you know? So it's like, I imagine that first time for the players that they're on the ice, they're going to be bumble fucking a lot of pucks, you know? And I just don't think the quality of hockey will be that good. But if the seals want to go right out of the bat, we'll be ready. Now, I don't think this actually matters all that much, uh, but I guess I'll ask the question, have we been in communication with the rink? Is it kind of, you had your contract with your time dates in it? Are they looking to work with us? Like I said, in the end, it doesn't matter. We know situations come up, but has there been any communication in that side of things? Yeah, the rink is awesome. I mean, there's one old guy that, uh, you know, kind of runs everything. And obviously he they like us, you know, they, so they're going to let us do whatever we want. You know, they were going to stay open for us on that Monday if we chose to play, you know, until the state came in and shut us down. So they'll let us do whatever they want. They're obviously not going to charge us for the ice that we, you know, that we didn't use. And the nice thing about it is the, just the way ice hockey works, you know, the youth hockey's all done. So they're happy to sell ice in June, July, August. So they'll basically let us do whatever we want. 
Never and we de- and we have priority for that timesheet the whole year. Nine to eleven is Monday Night Lights, September through August, baby. Yeah, that that sounds very good at the rink. You know, they've been great to work with the whole time. They give us a lot of uh, leeway as far as games go at the end, uh, how, you know, shootouts, all that kind of stuff. So it's hard to complain about the the rink at all. So other than doors that don't function, but they're even working on that. I mean, we'll live with that. I know uh, the last couple of weeks when we were playing or maybe it was last week on the NHL ice, they were working on the benches, replacing those. I know one game where I was skating, they didn't have a bench, which was kind of a pain in the butt, but at least, you know, they're doing upgrades as well. Yes, sir. Um, so I guess the next question would be is, and I'll start with Chad on this one because he's kind of a neutral party. Do you see this actual, this break hurting or helping either team or is it neutral? We know suits, you know, he's been out, he had his injury, he had some test skates, but, uh, you know, possibility of him coming back. General's been hurt. You know, there's that slim 0.0001% chance of him coming back. <laughs> what was back. the fist pump there, eh? Because I want, I want Suitsy back. I, this this Doc, Doc Hollywood's too good. Well, I'm still on that topic, right? I mean, I heard also Graham hasn't been there for a while. Is that true? Uh, I believe that yeah. is true as well. Yeah, Graham. When all Graham's attendance has been, was horrible for a combination of you know, kids hockey, his work, you know, and all that type of stuff. So in theory, you know, his kids hockey's done. He should be, he should be ready to go. We'll see. So the big question for me is what was the difference between Doc Hollywood and Suits? Because that's going to be the big factor. If there's enough time allotted where Suits can come back and he's, you know, anywhere from, you know, 60, 70% to 100 back to where he was. I mean, that's a, that's a game changer, right? Depending on how good uh, Doc Hollywood Andrews stepped in. Yeah. Um, so the, the situation with suits has basically been, you know, ever since, since it, since it happened. And then when he thought about coming back, I mean, the ball is in Suitsy's court. It's his spot. He paid for the spot. Um, and I think I, when it came down to the, the playoffs, it was like, he, he really didn't feel like he, he's probably at 90%, you know, maybe even 95, but he just having sat out maybe like two or three months, he kind of didn't feel like he could go a hundred percent. And then he also didn't want to like, it was very unselfish of him. He didn't want to come in and, you know, kind of ruin our chemistry when he's not feeling a hundred percent. I would suspect if we, if this thing drags out to mid May that he probably will be at a hundred percent. And then and it would be if he wants to play, it's his spot to play, you know, and it's just that they're complete. We've had this discussion before, you know, just two different players, you know, Suitsy is his top end speed when he's fully healthy is probably number one in the league, maybe number two behind Pistol Pete. I know he's listening, um, but Suits is a north south uh, racehorse, you know, and Doc is more of a um, an artist out there. You know, he's east west toe drags, creative, you know, I think he does do a better job of making his teammates better, you know, than Suitsy does. So that's, that's really the big difference. Like individually, they're both going to get their points and their, and their stats. But I do think Stevie sees the ice a little bit better, has a little bit better timing, you know, than Suitsy does. And part of that's because he's played, you know, two to three months with us, you know, and Suits just came in and he hasn't played a lot. So we'll see, but 
we're gonna win we're gonna win the keg with suit with oh. Dak, whoever there we go yeah see that's what i like to hear i mean that's so fired. as far as as the season started and then there was a game break or not of a game break i think if there was no break and we went straight at it i mean i think like that would help to slow down some of the speed of shawnee and uh chris fister and then that could kind of even it up or help out the stars I know Dylan wants to get right back at it, but I think that would actually hurt. Now, given a week, you know, you look at how the stars are built, and I think that week is going to, you know, it will it won't help them, I think, as much as the, the seal settling in and getting that one skate under, you know, even though, like, you have to think that, Shawnee's a really good athlete and Chris Fister's a really good athlete that if they get, you know, the wind out of their sails, if you jump right back at it, it's not going to help them at all. So uh, I think if you wait a week, it's going to help out the seals more than the stars. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I don't, I don't know if I think there's an advantage from starting a week or not. I do think it'll be very interested on the North star side of things with what is their lineup like? You know, who's been, has there been someone who's been uh, subbing normally for Graham Troy? Not really. I mean, it's kind of a, uh, a mixed bag. We had, in an ideal world, we, we had Ruble going for a little bit, and that was working very well. Um, but then Ruble came down with Mono, so we played game two and three with Brawny. Um, so then going into the, the finals with, obviously, General not playing, the seals were going to take Ru, you know, Ruble, but he's out. So then they grabbed Matt Lapoudre. We all saw the video of that. And so we were, if, if we had played that game one, we had edge in the lineup for Graham. So, but it doesn't, they play the same, whoever that player is, whether it's Graham, edge, Ruble, I mean, they're playing on that first, they're playing right D on the top line. So it doesn't really mess with the lineup, but obviously, and the thing with Graham, it's like, I know like, Oh, it's a, and Matt Lapoudre is a better player than Graham. I'm not saying that. But if Graham would actually, you know, skate, he's got some type of general in him, not to the same degree, but if like, if he would actually skate three weeks in a row, he, he plays well, but then he doesn't play for two months and you show up and play one game and you, you know, you're just not going to be good playing, you know, once every two months. It's just, and, and Graham doesn't have a second skate. He doesn't play on Wednesdays or Saturdays or Sundays. So um, we're happy to have him if he's actually going to be committed to the team. You know, if he's not, I'd rather roll with somebody, you know, like edge. Yeah, that that's funny. I I love how you're talking about you're essentially, you know, Edge is great, this and that. Graham, if he did this, if he did that, if he did this, we'd be happy to have him on the team if he did all that. It's you kind of like, hey, I'm calling into the podcast right now, not to brag about myself, even though I had three goals and two assists last night. So uh got that auto magic working. Now, Dylan, I'm sure do you care either way who you're facing in those matchups, or you just get me out there, you're gonna win him a game. Uh, I, feel I think a he just bit said he was afraid of Doc Hollywood. Didn't he say that? <laughs> Ooh, shots fired. Let him talk. I feel a little bit of both. Um, I feel as if I'm good enough to steal at least one game during the series. But also, with Doc Hollywood out there, he's a lot. He's going to create more chances for everybody else. And then also, when he needs, like let's say it's a two-one game and we're up and it's you know three minutes left in the in the uh, third period if there's an opportunity in front of the net he's he's pretty good at you know putting it home no matter what the situation no matter if i'm you know where i'm at in the net so in that token i would rather face suitsy but 
at the end of the day, whoever they throw out there, I mean, I'm I'm stepping up, playing my A game. You're gonna steal us at least one game. Fisher's gonna steal us the other. Two nothing. North Stars ain't even gonna get a win in this one, boys. And then we're raising the two nothing. (laughs) Now, if we had to guess, um, let's start with Troy. Uh, When do you think MNL will uh, the finals will begin? Like I said, my my realistic guess is kind of like mid May. You know, I pray that it's earlier than that, but just the way. I, I can't imagine just the way everything's trending. It doesn't seem like we're going to be coming out of this in two weeks, you know, so it'll probably be hopefully by like a month, you know, we'll, the numbers will start going down and then, and then I don't think they're just going to reopen everything. You know, I think it'll be kind of like maybe, you know, maybe by the end of April, we'll have things calmed down. Then a couple more weeks go by and then they open some stuff up. So, you know, that's kind of my best guess is mid mid May. Now, hey, real quick, real quick. Uh, I know we already talked about this, but I want to go back. So, if we do get that one skate in before, is that going to be like a little drop-in game where everybody's invited, or of should course. we just yeah. have the North Stars and the Seals? We kind of just throw sticks in the middle. So, I mean, so it's not just like uh, you know, game one B. So we'll have, you know have a little no. bit each team on each side. I don't want it to be a competitive in that like North Stars versus Seals at all. I think everyone will be chomping at the bit to get on the ice. So I envision using, you know, a nine o'clock game, a 10 o'clock game, you know, maybe even all three sheets if we get 60 guys, but more, it's really just to kind of get everyone out there playing hockey and it has nothing to do with the seals nor stars. That's kind of what I envision. This, okay. this, this hasn't been, ha- you know, this has not been hashed out yet. So obviously you got to take in the account of the ivory tower and the other participants, but that's kind of what I was thinking. I do. I don't know what Pierce has got next on the checklist, but I sense we're moving on. I did want to talk one thing because now that we're we're you know we're till May fifteenth, but I was prepared for that game one. We were prepared for the whoop doop playing forward. You know, like that was kind of what we were anticipating mm. happening. They're gonna. They've been training that secret weapon on KFELTS Wednesdays. But with the one thing that I do like about playing the seals is I hope that Todd, and this is a call out, you know, and the Tigers were so annoying. They were afraid to match up Fister with the Pete line, you know, and it was smart. It was a wise tactical decision, but it made it extremely annoying. Like they take like a 20 second shift and then change them up, you know, and on the fly. So I'm hoping that the Seals just throw their best out there, Fister and Shawnee up against Pete and Pete's going to shut them down. And then we win on line two. It's the same formula. So I, I hope that the Seals don't kind of, wuss out and try to like match wuss out get, get, Fist, get fister you know away from pete you, how, know, how you don't like the the aspect of matching teams it's like a point of pride like how huh, they don't want to match up against fister like you know they're scared they're you know? scared of pete they don't want pete on fister that the tiger who said that uh, there we go the tigers the tigers did we're not the tigers and that's what i'm saying i i'm looking forward to that it was just like good on good you put your best out there we'll put our best out there and see who comes out on top now but my pay grade i don't know what we're gonna do but whatever we decide to do we're gonna win it, it don't matter if we want our dick sucked we get our dick sucked at the end of the day <laughs> What is that? What is that? So wow. you you just said that, it was a smart move. Hedda says if it's August, cancel it and put both teams on the cup. So that's a good one. Yeah, that's Ben not says happening. Ben says hi, Chad. What's up? 
So Troy, you just said that it was a smart move by the Tigers to do that. Why why would you look down upon it to uh to actually do that? If the SEALs did that, maybe you should be, you know, making your line your shifts uh shorter for your guys and they should be uh kind of mimicking them. Maybe it's uh the North Stars yeah. aren't being smart enough to keep those matchups together. Look down look down on it is not the right term. And I said it was good strategy. And and, and it wasn't like they took a minute and a half. I'm saying it was annoying for the flow of the game. Like we would put our line out there and then they'd like literally like dump the puck in 10 seconds and then go change. So then we got to go with them and I get it. It's kind of gamesmanship, but I'd rather just go good on good for the convenience and the flow of the game. But uh, I'm not going to think less of them other than the fact that they just are scared to throw Fister out there, you know, against Pete. I don't know. It sounds like to me, you're just trying to rile up whoop to do what you want him to do, because I have no doubt if you thought that uh, that's the that's the real gamesmanship. It's the auto versus auto, like the auto mind games. It's a chance. It's, it's not it's not like I'm not making a secret out of that, Piercy. That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm calling them out. I'm saying we're going to roll there. If they've rolled Fister and Shawnee out all year as their top line, we're going to put Pete out there and we'll see if they they switch it up or if they just let it roll. So we'll see. Are you are you scared of Fister? Uh, are you scared of your second line not being able to handle uh, Fister? Yeah, they got, of course. I mean, like Doc, they're just different. Doc, Geo, and Ty have been a great line for us scoring goals. But in that game against the Tigers, it was like a six-five game. They scored five. They gave up five. You know, they just—they're not a great—they're not a great defensive line. You know, me, Pete, and Joe are you know better defensively. So yes, it's, I scared isn't the right word, but my preferred matchup is to have Pete against Fister. I mean, Sounds like is. maybe the North star should consider switching up their lines. Maybe switch you and Ty. We'll see buddy. All, everything's on the table. We'll see. <laughs> Got to turn it around a little bit on you. So uh, Chad is being the smartest one in this call, uh, being a Michigan <laughs> man and all, what's your prediction for when everything will get back to hockey being back in play for us? Smartest one. First of all, I just want I just want the viewers and the uh, the folks at home to know that I did not deem myself as the smartest one in here. All right, that wasn't me. All right. Second of all, uh, man, it's it's such a tough call. I mean, we're not going anywhere for a while. Uh, I think like you know the earliest, the extreme earliest it would be is like three weeks, and that's that's like not gonna happen. Like there's a zero percent chance of that happening. It's gonna be months. Uh, I would say it's going to be like June or July at the realistic earliestness, and that might not even happen either. But if it's June or July, then you know who knows what all the all the major leagues are going to do at that point in time. Like they scrap season, who knows? So it, it's it's so hard for me to even come up with you know approximate thing. The nice thing about MNL is that like if it's June or July and we can go out there and you know actually play these games that it's all right for us to do so. So, uh, you know, you can easily do that where nothing's lost, nothing gained. Uh, so that's all I have to say about that. If I had to predict, I would say June or July at the earliest. I, th- I think I'm a little bit closer with you, Chad. I think my, uh, my original thought was we'll probably get the, the cup finals in. Uh, I would have to guess we're not actually going to have a spring season. Anybody who paid for it already has a nice down payment already for MNL next year. And, you know, we'll have a couple skates for our August kind of tryouts, tryouts or warmups, and uh, hopefully enough to actually get those uh, dangle sauce jersey orders in and go from there. So uh, I'm not feeling good about it. If I had to guess NBA season's going to be uh, doesn't finish up NHL, not going to finish up 
and probably baseball is going to be, you know, 50 game, 60 game season, which is going to be kind of depressing, you know, all throughout. Yeah, I think coronavirus is on the, I think that was on your little chart, so I don't want to jump ahead too much, but, you know, this, uh, this self-isolation wouldn't be so bad if you you're just chilling at home watching just awesome sports, but the no sports combined with uh, social distancing is brutal. Yeah. It's a, it's a little tough. And then especially it's even going to get worse if it does start getting into that June, July months where it's getting warm, hot, super nice out. You want to go outside. You want to enjoy that weather. Uh, We'll see. I don't know if there's been any official word on like golf courses or anything like that, but, uh, you know, it's just going to make for a depressing summer, unfortunately. I mean, up until the like state of emergency, uh, like curfew or whatever that was imposed, what, uh, yesterday, Sunday, uh, I heard golf courses were still open. You just couldn't, you had like, one person to a cart and everything. So yeah, they were, but it's, it's dead now. Yeah, definitely dead now. Yeah. That's, that's one of the sports where you feel like there would be a chance as long as it's one person to a cart. You don't open up the clubhouses. I don't know if they'll change any of that. I don't know if it'll turn into, uh, you know, kind of stay in your house order and three weeks will go away, but it's still work from home, all that stuff. Who knows what's going to go on? And I think the other, you know, we're kind of on the subject right now. The other scary thing is if it calms down like it has in China or other places, you actually get people out there and, you know, people back kind of normal lives again. If a couple of people have it, does it start spreading all over again? I, I don't know. I'm not smart yes. enough for any of that, but it's, it's a scary thought. Historically, there will be a uh, spike once it comes back, once everyone comes back. That's that's to be expected. Um, hopefully at that point in time, we can handle it and it won't be a big respread. It'll be it'll be a spike, but it won't be like a respread. That's the story. Hedis over here with the we want spring and summer and then one, two, three, four messages later wants to redeem a highlight for again, we want spring and summer. There's no activity in the chat, Hedis. Like we can we can see it. Uh, so I can't believe that you would want spring and summer over like MNL finals. I mean, I guess I can because you're out of it, but he's you know. he's a GM. He wants to prove his glory yeah. and you know how I, how good he that is, is at true. all this. Selfish I do. Hedis. I do want to see Hedis. Yeah, selfish as hell. Wow. The four. Just <laughs> the bobblehead. I mean, is there anything more? Is there anything out. more selfish than that? Like, oh. I'm out, so we don't need the keg final. Let's go to spring, right? That's just the definition of selfish. <laughs> oh. Okay. So, uh, next thing, real quick, is. How are people holding up with hockey? Feeling out of shape? Are you able to heal up from the bumps and bruises? Uh, Dylan, it seems like you're a little bit uh, stir crazy. Why don't you go first? Yeah, I'm going fucking banana lands, boys. I mean, I've been working out hardcore. And then as soon as as soon as I'm hitting my stride, they close the fucking gyms down, dude. All the thing I want to do is pick things up, put them down, do my fucking curls, do, <laughs> do my bench presses, and they shut that fucking down. So now I'm resorting. To have to run in the dirt because my ankle's all fucked up, so I can't run on pavement. So I got to go find sand and dirt around the house. Go run up and down that. But, yeah, besides that, I'm feeling good. Been hanging out with the kids. Got the kids strapped on the rollerblades. He's been shooting at me. So I'm ready. I, I love how Dylan thinks that his, what, <laughs> eight-year-old son shooting yeah. at him is done, now has him prepared to jump right into the Stanley Cake Finals. <laughs> His, his eight-year-old might be better than you, Troy. I don't know. You've no. been on him this year, but 
I've, I've seen eight-year-olds shoot the puck. I mean, oh. maybe he's lucky if he can get it in the air, you know? There you go. <laughs> there you go. Now, now, Chad, being the social butterfly that you are, how are you handling the quarantine? Right. Exactly. So if you know anything about me, you know that I'm super introverted. And the real truth is that I'm actually more introverted than you think. Uh, I would describe myself as like a high functioning introvert. So uh, the telltale sign here is that even I want to go out and like do stuff and be social and see people. So uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, it's not the greatest, you know, I, at the start it was like, Oh, this is great. We're all shut in. This is amazing. (laughs) And, (laughs) and then, uh, yeah, it's just like, when is this going to end? Let's, let's go out, hang out, let's do stuff. So. I might be more introverted than you. Apparently, I think I've seen two people in the last two weeks in person. So uh, one of them was one of my buddies. He has a kid. They go for walks. He was in my backyard twice, staying far away. My mom actually dropped some stuff <laughs> off. Wouldn't she actually works at a hospital, so wouldn't let me uh, actually get close to her. She dropped stuff off. I saw her though in person. Got to talk to her. Outside of that, I haven't seen anybody in 13 days or talked to someone in person. I feel like I'm still holding up strong. I mean, Troy, I'm sure you're struggling. You were calling me up yesterday asking me how I was doing. I'm just like, life's fine. No different than normal. Yeah, I, I do feel bad uh, on a serious note. I, I do worry about the like people that live by themselves. And I mean, I'm, I'm isolated with my family. You know, so it's like tons of activity, um, too much activity, you know. But the, for single people that just like don't have any humor and interaction, you know, and we're only what? a week and a half into it. So I do worry about that. Um, but from my perspective, it, it's, I've never held, had more time to like, I have four kids, like in between work and the kids, it's like, I have the hockey's my one thing. I don't have any time to do anything. So, um, I feel like people go one of two ways. Like you got the people that are just going to sit there and do nothing except watch TV and drink beer and kind of gain weight. I've heard people talk about like the Corona 19, like the Corona 19 pounds, you know, but I'm, I'm kind of me and Whoop are the opposite. It's like I'm walking every day because it's like the highlight of my day is to go for a walk. So I've been walking, running about you know four or five miles a day. So I'm hoping to be, I'm hoping to be skinny, you know, by the time this whole thing starts up. So I actually enjoy, I enjoy it if you didn't have the worry associated with it, the health worry, the financial worry, and then the lack of sports. But otherwise, it's like this is awesome. It's like you don't have anything to do. You know, it's I was gonna say, what is the auto's definition of social distance distancing because i see a lot of videos with a lot of people in them every day yeah i mean and that's basically i can't speak for ty and todd you know um but but for me it's like the only, yes like on sunday we went to the we went to the troy high track you know and we for the race you know and we walked around the track i made sure i stayed away for six feet from everybody and the track was packed i mean there were there were kids there were kids doing soccer clinics, which to me was a big no-no, you know. Um, then there were some moms walking. But but other than the occasional trip to the Troy High track to beat Whoop in the 100-yard dash, I mean, I've been staying home and straight to work, straight home, you know. Maybe the gas station, that's a big trip, you know. So, oh, yeah, I, I did forget. Besides the two people, I picked up Jets on um, on Saturday, and I went to the beer store last Thursday to get some Oberon, so... I did see two other people there for contact, but outside of that, I've had practically none. So, I mean, there's work, you're on calls, things like that. So 
not quite the same, but with working from home, it, it is a little bit uh, strange. I didn't even have to do laundry this weekend because uh, I was pretty much in my pajamas the whole time. Same same underwear the whole week, you know? Uh, no, I actually, I, I make sure. Saves I on laundry. I, I take a shower every day. I wake up in the morning, I go straight to work, and I take the shower afterwards, right afterwards, and, you know, change all that stuff up. But, you know, same pajama pants, everything like that. So uh, it's been kind of nice like in a way. Do when you wake up? Uh, brush brush your teeth with a bottle of Jack. Do you do you lay out your pajamas every night before you put them on? <laughs> dinosaurs on them. <laughs> Onesie. Uh, no, they're they're Super Mario ones, but uh, it doesn't matter. I can't knock the pajamas. I'm wearing them right now. I don't know if you guys aren't wearing them. You're at home. Shame on you guys. Comfy, man. Comfy. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the the biggest the hardest thing is is just no hockey. For me, not going to the gym, uh, there is the worrisome of uh, my weight stayed practically the same, but it's also like, am I losing muscle, gaining a little bit of fat? You know, I guess it is what it is right now. Lucky for me, I did have my stomach. I had a pulled muscle in it or something to that realm. It is feeling better. So I was missing some hockey anyways, so I should be good to go when things come back. So that part is nice, but I'd rather have everybody else be playing hockey, being able to go out and do stuff and, you know, have fun. So I know the last thing we wanted to do on the day was... uh. Real quick before we move on to that, I am saying I am willing to break the law. I'm willing to put handcuffs on. I am going to race sweet, sweet Maki next weekend if he does, if he's not too chicken. Because I'm just, I'm so curious. I'm so curious. I looked up this kid's cross-country stats. And I know, Piercy, you say it's wow. it's not It's not track. But if you can run the times that he's running, those were extremely impressive. So you have this, like, gifted... Uh, cross-country athlete but he's got to be 260 270 pounds and but cone tells me he runs like the wind so i have to see i have to see what this looks like I, I and i don't care if we do it in the you know in a parking lot you know if he comes over to my house you know and we can stay 12 feet apart but i want to see what sweet sweet maki i have to have this race there I'm, I'm is no. I need, I need a Dylan. I need a Dylan <laughs> laugh track along with my life. That is, just, he just makes everything better when you start laughing. Just makes everything better. Yeah, that's that'll be exciting. Just uh, stay safe, obviously. I'm crying. You know, according, according, according to Mackie, he was like a hundred pounds lighter when he was running those times. No offense to Mackie, there's no way he is a speedy sprinter right now at this point in his life. And you well, see he's not, he's not facing a speedy sprinter. He's facing me, but I'm telling you, these guys <laughs> that can run, they just, they're like light on their toes. You know, it's like, I'm a flat footed. Like when I run, it's like pound, pound, pound. Like I'm just sound like an elephant coming through. So I just know that Maki's going to be this little prancer and he's going to be quick. I just, I just have to see it for myself. I've, I've seen Maki on skates before. And the last thing I would think of when he's on skates is light on his toes. I know that's what, again, I'm just blown away because I don't know how you can be that good of a runner and then be that bad at hockey. So I'm just so fascinated wow. to see what it looks like. Wow. I got to see I, it. It's, it's obvious, right? Running is not equal to skating and vice versa. Running is not skating. I, I guess. <sighs> right. 
We'll it, see. I, I, I will Mackey. say this. If you lose a race to Charles Mackey, you should just retire from all athletics. I will say that. Wow. That's, <laughs> man, that's just so my boy Charles low. Like, come I, on. I think I'm the underdog, like, legit. I'm not expecting to win. I don't know. Cone makes him sound like he's a ninja, you know, so I'm just so <laughs> intrigued. <laughs> I, I I like the research. You you looked at his his high school times, man. Have you, did Googled, you see the pictures of his time or his pictures Googled, of what he looked like at the time? He was a like you know perfect build for a cross country runner. Yeah, I get it. But I googled Charles Mackey, you know, cross country or track, and I got all his times. And it's like he was like number twenty in the state. You know, it's like no joke. He was you know legit. So last thing on the agenda was uh, Troy wanted to look back at some of the teams that now have been eliminated for a season wrap of kind of what went right, what went wrong with those teams. So uh, we'll start out with, I guess, the team that did not make the playoffs. Troy, we're going to let you kick these off and kind of lead them since it's your thing. But uh, tell us about the Ducks. Yeah, I mean, I just thought it'd be kind of fun. I don't know if we did this, if every team had kind of their funeral, you know, but the Ducks unfortunately i i think when we did the official predictions i had them sixth and not seventh but i mean when we led up to the podcast i was low on the ducks from the get-go um i thought they made a and and again people like to put the blame on ben if you look at the stats i mean i think ben was a top five scorer in the league i i I really do think you know you can say he might have been overdrafted but I mean, he produced, you know, he, he, he produced for them. The so, Tigers too. Yeah. And then he produced for the Tigers. So I really don't think it was Ben's fault. Um, I think they made a couple, a couple mistakes. <laughs> Sorry. The phone dropped there. I think they made a couple mistakes in the draft taking like, uh, Oliveri and Bauer a little too high. Um, and I, and in their defense, I think Bauer, like, you know, the Bauer that we knew was, I think, 30, by his own admission, was like 30 pounds lighter. So I think he kind of put on some weight. So they where they drafted him, I think, like fifth or sixth round, probably sixth round. I think I think they didn't get the production that they needed out of him, which led to them having kind of a weak second line the whole year, you know. And the other thing, hot take, like Sugar, you know, I don't think Sugar produced like the number two overall pick. I mean, he was drafted, uh, excuse me, number three overall pick. But um, I'm not saying he had a bad year, but, you know, I just don't. Sugar was not like taking over games and he didn't for them for them to be good, it's like Sugar and Ben had to score a lot of goals. And I feel like Ben held up his end of the bargain kind of more than Sugar did. The other thing is, um, I knew I knew just coming off of the knee injury, I was a little skeptical of the Ryan Z. You know, I know he had a good year last year for us, but I kind of expected him to take a step back. And I think that happened. They had the opportunity to draft Dylan, you know, and they didn't. And again, hindsight's 2020 but um just basically nothing went right and then turtle got hurt so it was just nothing went right for the ducks um and pretty much the season played out how i expected with with them being dead last any thoughts on the ducks dylan um i think they had the opportunity they had the personnel to be very very good Uh, i just don't think everything just clicked for them you know there was just always something missing just cog in the machine missing if they could have all came together at, at, i guess at the right time right opportunities right moments and potted those goals or you know stopped opportunities one way or another i could see their season going very 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 different but they never seemed to be able to put it all together there's always some something missing with them thoughts chad um yeah i mean i basically said it all i, I don't know i looking at it i don't know 
if Bauer, I don't know if I agree with Bauer that's taking too high at like six, but yeah, I mean, they have a good team. I think the biggest thing with the league, I think the league is just taking a power creep. And I think the mighty ducks in this case, uh, were just a victim of the power creep. It's, it's a tough thing. I didn't like this team from the start. I picked them to miss the playoffs. Um, you know, I thought Ben was drafted too high, but he did have a really good season. Turtle, obviously that injury, uh, hurts them a lot. I thought, it's very tough in our league with someone like Rubel. He's so good at defense. He's one of the top guys in the league. <clears throat> but if you're, if someone that's drafted that high is not consistently scoring points, it's going to put your team uh, in a hole. And I think they were one of the teams that had a high defenseman that just hurts them in the end. I think the Whalers in a lot of ways <clears throat> had that too. You could say Trent's playing forward most of the year. He did play defense there, but you know, his strength is on a, like a high level team probably as a defender. Uh, there. So I think it's a very similar combo there. And I think it's very hard to say where you should take that first high level defenseman. I think that was one of the things that really hurt them. So uh, next team on the list, Troy is your probably favorite team outside of your own, the Nordiques. Yeah. Um, well, I was a ducks fan all year, man. I mean, I'm, I always cheer for the underdogs. So I was pulling for the ducks all year. I subbed for the ducks quite a bit, you know, so um I really was hoping up until the end that they'd, you know, make that little push. But the Nordiques, again, they were a team, they were the team that I actually picked, you know, seventh, you know, when it when it came to prediction time. So I had the Ducks sixth and the Deeks seventh, so I had a flip-flop. But I didn't like their, I thought their top four picks were fine. They got Pete and Andy Fenn, they got that kind of combo. And then they took Gio, Gio and Kimmel at 3-4. And then I think where things went south for them, and I remember saying at the time, is that at 5 and 6, they took Dougie and Sukis. And that's nothing against Dougie and Sukis, but that, that's like your top B pairing. And I just think there were better players on the board at that time. Like, I think they passed on an Allen Z. I think that Gangster Wood was available. Um, there was gangsta, the, gangsta. There was a, if you look at that draft board, you know, there were better players kind of after that. And then the Panty situation, and then you had Goma, and then and then just by the structure of that team, they were they were they had Wright and Dragovich, so they were stuck with their two four two good forwards, one bender, two good forwards, one bender, and then their defense. If you talk with Pistol Pete, he blamed it all on their, which is why he got traded. Is you know he blamed it all on their defense. He said they couldn't get out of their zone, so then him and Fem couldn't get going. But they never right from the get go. I thought that that team was going to struggle with chemistry. You know, so whatever Pete and Fem couldn't get going, Gio and Kimmel couldn't get going. I think then they played Pete and Gio, so they just could never get the chemistry going to consistently score goals. And then they had a suspect defense, and it all added up for just a very average and mediocre season. Oh, the the Brennan thing really hurt them too. You know, him having a broken back for you know half the year, <clears throat> missing all that time, and then when he did come back, he wasn't himself. So they just had a lot of things kind of going against them and just it was just a very average basically a typical nordique season other than their one exception you know when they won the keg yeah um during their draft i liked their first picks like you did and then during that uh swokis um dougie slot i thought they should have took a forward there i thought you at, at that point you knew you were gonna have your one bender kind of with your last pick and you had enough defensemen at that uh near the end where you could slot them and still be fine there um, preseason, I actually thought they played good. I subbed for them and I liked their team a lot more than I thought they would, but my initial reaction was good there. Obviously made, they made the trade. You can't, I think it made their team worse. You can't blame Drager if he doesn't think something's going to work to, you know, 
throw a Hail Mary to try to make the team better. Obviously, it didn't work. Uh, but I think it's better to try something than to sit sit there and, uh, you know, do nothing. So, uh, yeah, that trade, I mean, that trade obviously helped us quite a bit. And it's been oh, talked fuck about. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I mean, we don't, but that's, that's been talked about plenty. But I don't, but I don't think it like kill. It's not like the Nordiques were killing it before that trade. I mean, they made that trade because nothing was fucking working. So. Oh yeah, um, for sure, for sure, I get where they're coming from. But I mean, that was like the the golden basket just landed right in your fucking lap, dude. That made you guys so much better. Golden I'm, basket that landed in your lap. And wow, Shawnee Fister Rattler off the top three. That's a pretty good golden basket right there. Oh, no, no, no. Don't get me wrong. I, I mean, we got the better gold basket. We got the gold bundle. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I want to hear. I yeah, will we got say that now that it's all been done, the season's over, I caught wind, you know, that there was a little, you know, uneasiness in the Nordiques locker room. Pistol Pete, God love him. You know, he likes, he talks about him, you know, he talks about himself and he can get on some people. So I, I kind of got the impression that the Nordiques, that he was wearing the management a little thin. Yep. And that they were thinking about shipping them out to the Tigers and the, you know, um, and I can't remember who the Tigers offered, but it was not a good package. So then I kind of just dangled the little fruit in front of Panty and then <laughs> bing, bang, boom. And and then I was like, fuck Judge yeah. Fruit. Imagine wow. that. Imagine. Wow. Well, imagine the rumors. That, uh, and I will, and I will say, Tigers, and I will say, I'm going to pat myself on the back a little bit here, is that when I made that trade. Don't I hurt knew, yourself. I know. But I'm just going to say. We all knew Pete. Everyone knows Pete. He's a known commodity. But Geo had done absolutely nothing for the Nordiques. So I told him that my number one priority here is to get Geo going. You know, so I wasn't going to put Geo with Pete because that was a failed experiment on the Nordiques. I said I'm going to put Geo with Doc. Instant Italian chemistry. Doc's going to get Geo <laughs> the puck, and Geo's been scoring ever since he's been a North Star. You know, yeah. so that's uh, that is another part of that trade oh, that worked great. out fantastic. But imagine that, boys. Imagine Pete on the Tigers. I would love this. I would love to see the almost trades throughout the year. How, uh, how much different the MNL season would have been. Chad, I, I felt like you were going to talk about remember. a rumor that you were hearing in a trade. Did you hear anything that almost went down? Me and a rumor. I was just going to say all the rumors are coming out. That's what. That's the, the season's not even over yet. Even though it's kind of technically over. Not technically over. It's like almost over. But you know, it's just it's good to hear all the rumors, all the trash talking. It's just a little little fun to hear all these snippets and stuff of a league that I have no affiliation and no willing affiliation anymore. So, you know, I you know on the on topic of the Nordiques, I, I think Troy said it was average season. I mean, given that they were like lowest of low and then highest of the high. Like, it was an all right season. Uh, I think it's kind of funny they went with like Femme, but Femme actually, I thought when they picked Femme, they were going to go back to like the, oh, we're going to pick friends and stuff. And uh, I think that doesn't necessarily work out in MNL, but it worked out for him in that sort of pick. So, uh, and it's hard. Yeah. Remember, Panny ended up being out the whole season, which, you know, Guma was a pretty good player. You know, they brought in guys that, especially when you could sub up at the beginning of the year, that probably helped things out. But, you know, essentially having your team leader, your GM not being on the ice, I think that does hurt the team in general, just the spirits of the team and everything else. So that's, that's one more killer. factor as well. Yeah, so I think, I think Gummo was actually is probably a better skater than Panny and does some things better, but Gummo was not a good defenseman and they needed him to play defense. So it was not a good fit. Like I think he coughed the, like Panny is a trustworthy defenseman, kind of in the Piercy role, like you know, he's a good defenseman. He's going to play. He's not going to be a playmaker back there, but he's reliable. 
Like Gummo mm-hmm. was kind of, um, I think he's more talented than Panny, but I think he coughed up the puck. And I think they eventually wound up moving. Part of the reason they made that trade is because they wanted to move Gummo up to forward. And they, I mean, they had their moments after the trade, you know, and then again, Judge they got just hurt. They just score and, more goals. That's yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, so. Koner played great. He, I mean, locked it down for the most part, but they just couldn't fucking score goals. If you can't score goals, you can't win. So uh, another one of your favorite teams, uh, Troy, or at least that you like to talk about or riff on, uh, the Whalers. Go ahead and uh, give us your take on them. Yeah, I mean, I, I just feel like they deserve it. You know, I, I mean, I, I, I don't mean that to be. I'm not even like intentionally poking, but. We all thought, me, me, you, Piercy, and Hedis, we all thought coming out of the draft that the Whalers had a very good team. And they did. They there's no excuse for how they, they finished. Their their work their ninth round pick, I believe, oh, was Weaver. You know, but they you know, and then they had Old Man Ike, but they had a very deep team. Um, but they just couldn't get it, they couldn't push the right buttons. And again, I I think the Trent Serta, you know, marriage just for whatever reason didn't click. Um, on the ice, like they couldn't, they didn't have the chemistry to produce the goals. The whole Dave P and Peso, they couldn't get that magic going. I mean, Peso scored, you know, it was a big joke. He was scoreless the whole year. They just couldn't, they just couldn't find, they couldn't piece it together. And, and ultimately, I blame that on Serta and Trent. You know, um, I know from talking with Dave P quite a bit, he was frustrated because he thought that they, you know, he thought that. Serta, the way he played, you know, he should have maybe ba- played on the second line to babysit some of the lower guys because Serta's more of a north-south player, whereas Dave P thinks he can make, you know, maybe get Trent going or something like that. Um, but I just think that they were, they were just a disappointing for the talent that they had. They were the big, by far, the biggest disappointment as far relative to preseason expectations. And I and I will say one thing, I've played with Trent now as much as you have, Piercy. He is a he is a better forward than he is a defenseman. When when the Whalers the Whalers played the Americans twice, they played them the last game of the regular season and in the playoffs, and they came up with this brilliant strategy that Trent was going to shut down Proctor, and that was just a horrible decision because <laughs> Trent didn't Trent didn't shut down Proctor because Trent likes to jump. He's not a stay at home defenseman. Trent likes to jump in the play and make stuff happen, and then you leave vulnerable counterattacks. And then not only that, then you're taking your best finisher. Whaler's best finisher was Trent. So then you put him back on defense was just a horrible strategy and they lost at the regular season and they lost in the playoffs. So um, just, and because of that, I think the Whalers, as we know it are dead. I think one of, I don't know if Trent will keep the Whalers or Serta, but the Whalers will not be the Whalers, you know, next year in the same management. Oh, Hedis, Hedis Whalers. Is that, (laughs) no, I think one of them will stay on and then take on a partner, but, uh, I think yeah, that's what I'm saying. Hedis, Hedis comes in, slides into that GM role. We'll see. There's been there's there's been some talk, but I I think that that divorce will happen, and then I think they'll both benefit from that because they were both kind of certain and Trent were both kind of second round guys. So one of them, um, with the new with the new talent that's been into the league, I think they're kind of both second round picks. So I think they'll slot that way, and then hopefully they'll find success next year. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I, you know, I think that was the hardest part of the Whalers was that, uh, I mean, they're both fantastic players. Serta's a great player. Trent's a great player. It's just MNL. You always need like that top end. You need that high end thing to get your year going, right? 
you need to kick it in high gear with like your best players and you know they're good but they're not going to eclipse the top echelon so you need that high end unfortunately because of the, how the gms work out they could never get that because they were either stuck with that's their second and third round pick or i mean now Serta was the first round pick and trent is the second so uh especially like troy said with the new uh new talent it's just it's just a higher end in mnl now yeah, I don't, it was tough because one of those things with being on the team is first, it was actually a really good locker room, which is always nice to have, you know, good personalities. Everybody had fun. But some reason the team didn't gel, you know, Trent at the end was kind of let's try some more combinations. Trent's playing forward the whole year. Let's see if I moving him up to forward, if that with Trent back there would help anything. Obviously, it didn't work, especially in that playoff game. But, you know. Things just didn't gel. I don't know how things were on the trade front about what we could or couldn't do for that side of things, but obviously there was nothing that made us pull the trigger. So it's a tough thing. Yeah, it was disappointing. I'd like, you know. on that. I'd like to jump in on that too, because because um, I heard it was a constant podcast. I hear Piercy say, well, Serta, you know, he's a capital equity guy, so he's only going to make a trade if, uh, you know, it makes sense and blah, blah, blah. And Serta's great, and he's obviously very smart. But Serta doesn't and he likes playing in the game but Serta doesn't love mnl at the level that is required and that you know as far as like engaging in trade talks like they didn't i couldn't get the whalers to to even talk trade you know so it like i don't think they made an offer all year so i think they kind of and they had a lot of pieces like they were a team that could have packaged like two middle round guys for a high round guy because they had that, oh yeah that, you know they could have done some stuff and they just really didn't try. Maybe because they bought all that cool dangle sauce stuff at the beginning of the year and they didn't want to do it. But they just, that was a team that had so many pieces and they just couldn't. So just a huge disappointment. And Peso, Peso takes a lot of that blame too because Peso didn't, you draft Peso to put the puck in the net. You know, I'm, that's what he gets drafted for. And uh, he didn't do that. So he, he, he bears a lot of the blame as well. The hard part with Peso is that anytime you trade the guy, he explodes and he's going to score a ton of goals. If you don't, he's going to hurt you. So actually he didn't even hurt. He was scoring at the end of the year. He was picking it up. So I, that's not even a fair statement on my side of things. He played pretty good all year. It's, it's tough. Competition's going up. Things aren't mixing well. You know, Peso, you need him. He probably shouldn't be your number one guy in a line. He needs to be set up. He needs a guy that can set him up. And he's got a hell of a shot when he's in the right situations, but you got to get him in that proper spot to get a shot off. And he wasn't able to do that most of the year. My See, point I, is though, the whole uh, reason wait, real that quick, the, real yeah, quick, go Troy, I, I got cut off five times. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, the whalers are built. Everybody needs to contribute. It wasn't one guy. It's no, it's not like the Americans where Proctor goes off. It's not like us where the fuck uh, Fisher goes off. I think every single player needed to have, you know, a couple points for them to be good. And they just weren't able to do that. I, I think that's very accurate. But again, um, that's where the trade kind of creativity comes in. Because when, when, when word got out that the Deeks were looking to make a trade, they could have, they could have, package like a dave p and a turnbull and for like a pete and a dragovich like they could have done that kind of two for one type of trade or at least explored it and they never did so I've, yeah they I've didn't have a, they didn't 
didn't have me to trade for uh like Kimmel and uh you know that's that's the real problem. Exactly. Is Dylan here? Because I'm just looking at him passed out. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> the screen's frozen. So uh, we got two more teams real quick. So let's go on to the Tigers. Yeah. The, so the so these next two, like the Tigers and the Americans, um, obviously they made it to the semifinals. So I think they can both, you know, hold their heads high, you know, as successful season. So the, the Tigers, um, obviously Matt Taylor, you know, I don't know if it's hard to say if he lived up to that billing or not. The, the hype was so high. So I don't think he lived up to like all that hype, but he was obviously a great player. And when they had Slocum going, you know, they were a formidable team. The Slocum moving really hurt them, even though, you know, Ben did. And then I do not like the, the trade that they made with us. Um, I think they just took away all their depth, you know, by, by trading uh, Joe Ellis to us for crunk and then swapping the goalies. Um, that just when we played them, we were just the deeper team. They could not, they could not match our depth, and then that put a lot of pressure. Oh, and we might have lost Troy. So that uh... <laughs> put a lot of pressure on Matt Taylor as I was, uh, like the high end players. I, I'm, I'm shocked actually that the ta- the Tigers are not in one of the teams in the finals. I don't know the road. I'd have to check the road of uh, yeah. I'd just go through the North Stars. I'm I'm still kind of shocked actually. And it was a close game, close series with the North Stars, but uh, I I think they were still really good. I think this is one of those things you can chalk up to. Uh, like the Tigers being the the Dallas Stars of last year, where they lose in Game Seven to uh, the Blues, right? And the Blues end up winning the entire thing. I think if the North Stars do that, then that's what they would go down as. Not saying they will, but just I, you know, I think the Tigers were still a really good team regardless of depth. Uh, Matt Taylor was unbelievable, and I every game that I saw him play, he was just absurd. So points are not like I think he was crazy. Yeah, I kind of felt, you know, there was times where you saw Matt Taylor really kick it in a high gear, and it was like, that that is scary there. And other times he didn't, so it was hard to say, is he holding back? Is he not? Uh, Dylan, what are your thoughts there? I think, actually, the Tigers out, outplayed themselves. I think they looked a lot worse. I didn't think... Uh, I didn't think they were going to be that good. I think they were very top-heavy, and then... You know the the later round people were not as not as good, but uh, Skillman obviously a little smarter than me, and they played great. They played fantastic. Yeah, I'm not sure what happened to Troy over here. I'm trying to call him back. I don't know if his battery ran out. Something else happened. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, he's a he's a technology king over there and all. Um, last one on the list. Is obviously the Americans. Troy isn't here to talk about him, but I thought they were the most talented team in the league from top to bottom. When you get the number one pick for player, you get the number one pick for goalie. You know, it's good to build that team. I thought last year the Americans really whiffed on that draft. Uh, this year they were out there, they were scouting, looking at players, making sure all the new guys they knew who they were. And I thought they put together a real solid team, especially, I mean, we know Proctor is Proctor, he scores goals. But they were even like they drafted star early. They still were able to score with the Antioch Proctor combination. They had that tough line that still put in goals on the second line with, you know, the woods um, and the sips and all that. But, uh, you know, they made it work with that super strong defense as well. So, uh, Dylan, what were your thoughts on those Americans? Um, 
I think the Americans obviously are a very good team. If <laughs> he's back, yes, he's back. Phone died, boys. Phone died. Had to get to a charger. Let's go. <laughs> Uh, but the Americans, I thought, were a very good team. Uh, Proctor doesn't get hurt that last game. It can go either way. Um, on paper and just looking at them, honestly, I didn't think they were that good. But uh, on ice, is a lot different. Um, they definitely pulled it all together there at the end as well. During the regular season, we matched up with them very well. We took it to them every single game. And then playoffs happen, you know, we get that first win when Sugar's in, the second game we lose. In the third game, arguably, you know, practice get hurt, who knows? So I think they had ultimately a very good season. Jay Flo played fantastic. Star played great on de- uh, defense. Uh, Antioch played great. Woods, what an effort he showed all year. Who would have thought he would be as good as he was? Um, yeah, that's my that's my take on it. Uh, Troy, we already wrapped up the Tigers, but what are your thoughts on the Americans? Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, it's hard to, they were robbed. I mean, and again, I've been joking, you know, about the malicious and reckless seals robbing the Americans, but, (laughs) and I am, I am joking about that. I mean, it was, it was an accident, but that being said, they were robbed. I mean, they, it's just, again, the legend of 2-2, like kind of what Dylan said, they were, pretty pedestrian. I shouldn't say pedestrian because they still finished third. Like they were good in the regular season, but they weren't great. I felt like their second line, you could beat them up, but it was still kind of hard to score on J flow, you know? Um, but then he got, gets into the playoffs and Proctor just takes it to another level. Like they played the one wild card game against the whalers and just Proctor scores three goals in three minutes. Boom. That game's over. The, they don't have Proctor for game one. The Americans lose. He comes in for game two, boom, scores a hat trick game over, you know? And then game three, you know, they're up one nothing, And so it's very hard for me to say that the Seals would have won that game. I'm not saying that they couldn't have. This is no jokes aside. It's like, obviously, the Seals were good. They could have come back. But, I mean, if they replayed that game tomorrow with a healthy Proctor with a 1-0 lead in the second period, it's like I'm betting on the Americans. So, so it's hard to be critical of them because I think, you know, they definitely got robbed. But uh, their formula was like, you know, get the puck to Proctor. And you can have all the puck possession you want against the Americans, but when Proctor gets his chances, he's going to score. And then when you get your chances, you still got to get past a very good decor and star and edge and Simonelli and who and AJ powers. And then you got to get past J flow. So their recipe was just, you know, play good defense, survive that line too. And Proctor's going to score his three or four goals, you know? Yeah. And I mean, Antioch was hot all year as well. That guy's got yep. a shot, you know, you put those two together you know, Antioch's almost like that. Um, I compare him almost to a peso. He might be a little bit better than him, but he's the guy yeah. where I don't know if he could lead a line by himself. But you put him with the right guy, and he's going to go off all year. Kimmel, I think, is the yeah. same way. They can't lead a line, but you put them in the right combination, they're going to score left or left and right. Yeah, Antioch is a better version of peso because Antioch's got a great shot. He's a sniper. He can finish on his chances, and he's also a way better passer than than peso. As he sees the ice a lot better. Um, so yeah, it's like, that's the thing. Like the Americans, like we finally, I think we beat them after the trade. We beat them, you know, the, the one time, but the, the previous two times we play them, it's like, I feel like you out puck possess them, you know, 60, 40, 65, 35, but it doesn't fucking matter. Cause then when they get their chance, they score. And then when you get your chance, you don't score. So they are a really frustrating team, you know, to play against. So um, it's a, it's just a real bummer how that all went down. 
It is. I mean, what what would you say about people who are saying that um that uh the North Stars never actually played a healthy Matt Taylor in the playoffs? Well, the, you they can say all that they want about that, but we played Matt Taylor uh in the regular season and we beat him. We played we played and then we played Matt Taylor in game 1, you can say and we smoked him 8 to 2. So, you want to say like a healthy Matt Taylor is like he's going to make up six goals. It's like, come on, you know, it's like, I guess if that makes them feel better, uh, they can do that. But we beat Matt Taylor in the regular season and we smoked him in the playoffs and we beat him in the regular season twice. So um, if, if that's what Hedis needs to say to make himself feel better, go ahead. Hedis isn't saying it. I'm saying it. I'm saying that you guys yeah. didn't actually play a healthy Matt Taylor. When you smoked him there, you're playing a yeah. guy who's trying to come out there for his team do everything he can to try to help them get a win. Obviously, yeah. he wasn't ready to go. From what I heard, you could tell he was hurt did from you, the did start. You wa- did you watch the game? Unfortunately, I didn't. <laughs> but I, 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 I heard from what I heard there, he looked like he was looked like he was hurt the whole way. He was very ginger with his elbow and his sh- like shoulder area, and you could tell he was not himself. I'm not, and I'm, and the reason I wasn't even. I know Dylan started laughing, but again, like we beat him two times in the regular season, and then in that playoff game like his legs were working just fine. So, so I could say like, okay, his elbows hurting him a little bit. So maybe he didn't finish all of his chances, but it's like, it's not like he had seven chances and only if his elbow had been healthy, he would have scored them. It's like he was, his legs were working just fine. He was flying out there. Um, but they weren't, but it's a one man team. He had no help. And it's like, we had Pete on him and dessert swarm and he had nowhere to go. So I'm not saying that a healthy Matt Taylor doesn't make it, you know, a closer game. But to sit here when well, you can't get smoked eight to two and say, oh, Matt Taylor wasn't healthy. Therefore, you know, it's just I'm sorry. It's not a six. It's not a six fold difference. I, I do think you could say there could be a difference, though, when game three goes into overtime, that maybe in that game three, a healthy Matt Taylor could make a difference to get them the win in game three. No doubt about it. I mean, uh, no doubt about it. And he yeah, but be, Matt Taylor be, or Fister. I was going to say, because that. I mean, yes, you can say that, but Pfister was an absolute rock star for them. So he scored, yeah. you know, I mean, so yeah. I'm, and again, I'm not saying in a three on three game seven, all the marbles that Matt Taylor wouldn't be scary as shit to play against. Cause he would be. And oh he made, yeah. And, and, that, and that's made, where the, he would make all the difference right there. Three on three. Yeah. I just think yeah. when you're talking about in a game three, someone like Proctor getting hurt, going out, nobody likes that situation saying, that could make the difference there. You know, Sugar came in. Obviously, he was not warmed up. He hasn't been on the team. He doesn't have that chemistry. I think you could say the same thing that Matt Taylor could make the difference in game three for there. So if you it's just it's apples to oranges, but if you're gonna make one argument, you have to make the other. That's my point but, there. But I, I understand your point. It's just wrong because Matt Taylor did play fake game one, they got smoked. Then they played game two with Fister and they won. And then they took us to the wire with Fister in game three. So they were better with Fister than Taylor. The Americans lost game one without Proctor, won game two with Proctor, were winning game three with Proctor, and then he gets hurt during the game. I mean, so to try to, it's a stretch to try to compare those two situations. Well, they were, they were better with that. One, I, Fister's great. Love Fister. Not going to put him down there. But they were also better with a healthy, Fister than they were with an injured Taylor. Sure. I'm not saying that it's not, 
a factor, but to try to compare it to the Proctor situation and make them the same, it's just, that's it's just not. I mean, let's face facts. Matt Taylor's a second rounder, right? Second rounder or second overall? Rounder. Matt Taylor? Your, your wow. brother your brother played points to make me say that, so uh, no confusion. There. <laughs> yeah. there we go. There we go. But... And anyways, but I do feel bad. I, I just, the way that went down, and I know the SEALs feel bad too. It's just extremely unfortunate, and it just sucks. And for what Proctor has meant to the league, for him to just go down like that and not win the keg for the first time under that circumstances, that the whole idea of like replaying games due to injury is just insane and stupid, and it's just kind of a fun little thing to talk about. But the whole idea was just because it's Proctor, because he's meant so much to Monday Night Lights, and he's been the man, and he's won the keg three times, and for him to be winning in a decisive game three and then get taken out, um, that's the whole idea of it. That it's just sad that that's how it goes down. Hey, you know? let's face facts. One, we don't want anybody hurt. So, you know, that sucks. Proctor, like you said, obviously the guy won the first three cups. You want to take him down when he's healthy. You know, just to say you're the team that did it. So I'm, I would, I'm assuming if the North Stars would have been facing the Americans, you guys would have loved that opportunity. Just the pride factor right there. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, it's, it's, it's great because I mean, obviously the seals are a nice consolation prize because you know, whoop, whoop is whoop. He's my brother. And, and Dylan has become a fun little guy, you know, so that's going to be a lot of fun too, but yeah, we wanted to be, I wanted Proctor to beat the seals and, and then be the one to, to beat Proctor fair and square on the ice, you know, not with a machete to his ankles, you know. <laughs> and Dylan, as a SEAL, how much did you guys pay to have Proctor taken out? Uh, pretty hefty fee. Well, pretty hefty fee. But no, uh, you know, it's it sucks the way it fucking happened. It really does. Uh, you know, all things considered, you wish he was only out for one week. You know, you still hope he still hope kind of gets out of there because he was going off. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, you know, tough Boys, thing to happen. Did Troy die again or did he just turn off his? Can? I'm here, baby. I'm okay. here, baby. Hey, big money, <laughs> Troy. How about you splurge on a computer instead of your fucking phone? <laughs> <laughs> Dave Sib said uh, we've been a while ago. He said uh, we've been waiting for you to charge your phone. We've been telling you to charge your phone all week. So well, every time that's he does what a you screenshot get, so. and he posts it in Slack, it's like at five percent. So I don't know how that guy survives. <laughs> I'm, I'm terrible with the phone charging. Guilty as charge. Guilty as charged. <laughs> well, you, I hope we provided a little entertainment for the boys. Troy, you know? real question: Do you guys have a computer in your house? We have, dude, I have like, I have a, we have iPads, we have Microsoft Surface, I got two laptops, I just like my phone. <laughs> oh, big money, big money auto right there. <laughs> uh, I find a laptop so like bulky and cumbersome, you know, and then I'm stationary, I'm tied to, well, I guess you can kind of move them, but I just like my phone. Hey. You, you, you're the, you're, you're the part of the new generation, you know, generation Z, they only like phones. They like, they like apps. They don't like computers. I, I get it to be young again. So, uh, there you go. I mean, you've seen, I got the double monitor set up at work, you know, I'm cool. I'm, I'm computer tech, you know, what do you want? When, when are we going to have a conference call next time you need to get a screenshot of your computer instead of taking yes. a picture of it? 
yeah, that I can't, that I can't do that whole like windows key. Like, I don't know how to do that. Snip clip, <laughs> I, you know? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, snipping tool. It's so easy. Oh, snipping tool is amazing. Yeah. And that's part of my charm. Uh, spending, sending the X, the picture of the Excel file. It's part uh, of my charm. When I can't graph. read that, I do like what that picture has on it. It's not charm. There you go. But what uh, about those, what about those spring team names? The has beens, the say it ain't peso. I thought that was pretty good. Ooh, say it ain't peso is a good one. Say yeah. it ain't peso. There was a couple, I forget what the rest of them were, but yeah, they were, uh, what was Not it? Bad. Something about crunk with like the funky bunch or something. Yeah. Some like yep, like funky crunks, crunks, funky bunch. The has been say it ain't peso. I mean, I love that one. Yeah. I think uh, they're definitely stepping up their naming game compared to the GMs last spring. So, uh, and I was one of them, to be fair. But uh, does anybody else have anything else before we uh, wrap it up? I'm all done, boys. We'll Absolutely see you when not. you. We'll see you when you see you, big sexy. See you, boys. Let's Love go. Let's go, Mackie. Oh, I'm rooting for Mackie. <laughs> I can't wait for this race. Can't wait for this race. But yeah. So, anyways, uh, I don't know when we're gonna have another podcast. I don't know when the season's gonna come back. Uh, so only time will tell, but uh, I think besides that, uh, with them being on Skype kind of on the other computer, the, the music isn't super loud, so I think we're going to end it without our fade-out music, so I think we are over. Talk to you later, I love boys. It's a wrap. Yeah.